So I, I think that AI has its place. I think that it's going to continue to evolve. And I think that creatives, if they aren't at least dabbling in it right now, they're missing out because it's going to keep evolving. And we've got to learn to work with it because yeah. it, it's going to be the thing that could either, I hate to say replace us, but it's going to give us new opportunities. Let's put For it that sure. way. I think it's going to give us new opportunities. Um, for me, I found that using it more frequently is giving me more opportunities to be creative. So some of those big challenges you're talking about are probably going to be tackled by AI and the advancement of AI. If you talk to creatives, some are petrified at the idea of AI. If you talk to other creatives, they go, wait a minute, this just made all the stuff I hate to do much easier, which allows me to be far more creative. Yes. Where do you stand on that? Uh, well, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I think AI is kind of in its early stages, but its early stages are proving to be quite interesting, right? Um, my marketing team at Pick Your Part for all 70 stores is uh, two people. So we manage all social media, all web, all uh, signage, all printed material, billboards, advertisements, you name it. We're dealing with all of it out of two people. So I got to find efficiencies. Mm -hmm. um, in my background, so if we go way back in the way back machine again. I love this machine. Let's go. It's an amazing machine. We should hold on. Should we have music for the way back machine? Or should we have music for the way back machine? But is it, it's That's not really scary. Creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to. No music. No. But we'll leave that in there so they could feel <laughs> our creepiness. Exactly. Like I don't, the unicorn one doesn't feel right either. No. All doesn't. right. We're in the Wayback Machine. So I go Vroom. Back. Yeah. So I go back. <laughs> one of my earliest jobs was at Disneyland uh, when I was going to school. Cal State Fullerton. And Hold on. You have to say the title that you had there. <clears throat> Hold on. Ready for this? Hang want, on. Do you want the big title? Or I want sure? the big title because it ends with just an awesome word. It ends with an awesome title. I wish people would call me this. Yeah. Okay. So ready? Yes. World famous Jungle Cruise Skipper. Da -da -da. Skipper. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. I was the crazy dude on the boat running around the jungle pointing at animals. But you got paid to do it. I got yeah. arrested for that. Well, yeah. And nobody called me Skipper. They called me, you get off wearing, the boat, sir. You weren't wearing pants either. so That's true. A, uh, Darn it. <laughs> but there was, uh, yeah, so that that experience of doing, you know, the, the Disney thing and, and being uh, in front of, like, guests all day long. Yeah, entertaining, put, engaging. Yeah, there would be days when you're just like, I don't feel up to this. Like, mm -hmm. how am I going to speak for 30 minutes straight and then, like, Put on a 10 minute intermission and then do it again. Yeah, and by the way, I have to make your vacation amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. Uh, so that that was that was a bit of a challenge. But I did learn some big things there because Disney has these, they call them their four keys. And one of them is efficiency, right? Because the in order for their parks to function, they have to be efficient. They have to move. They have to move. So I think in my entire time at LKQ. I've that experience of working with Disney and that efficiency mindset yeah. has really helped me you lean on that constantly I lean yeah. on it because, you know, marketing for a, a big business like LKQ, that's really 
a business to business uh, business that doesn't really have a need to do big marketing, like big marketing campaigns on radio, TV, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> they're not they're not going to put a lot of effort into the the grassroots type of marketing you would see with a yeah, consumer yeah. brand, right? And it, nor should they. So um, so when you when you think about how can I do big things for them. I have to be efficient in what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I find efficiencies in things. And even with pick your part, I only have two people, but I've found efficiencies. And the newest efficiency I found is AI. Mm-hmm. So AI can help me do way more in a very short period of time if I use it correctly and I use it efficiently. And the biggest thing with AI is understanding what it can do and how it's used. So I think when you talk about AI uh, there's people that'll just go in there, put in a, a, a straight prompt, and then take what it gives you and just spit it back out. You you really can't do that. Well, you got to keep asking it questions. Well, you got to ask it questions. You have to prime this thing, right? Yeah. You have to kind of tell it your story, having a, a, a conversation with. But how much is too much? How yeah. much is too little? And then once you get that back, you as a person need to review it, look at it. And see, does it fit my brand? Have you ever thrown really? Have you ever thrown AI through Grammarly? Oh, dude! Oh, they're in a fight. Yes, they're they in a full out fight. I mean, I just yeah. sit back and watch the lines pop up under blue lines, red lines. They're all popping up. I'm like, so it wasn't just me then, all right? But Grammarly's even using AI. I know, yeah. So it's like AI fighting AI. So you're like, what do you do? You know, I, I think one of the coolest AI features that I've seen just recently came uh, out of Adobe Max. It's it's live now where you basically draw a square inside Adobe Illustrator. You prompt it with something. You say, hey, I want a hippo drinking coffee wearing a Christmas Santa hat. And all of a sudden, boom, here's a vector file of it. Get out of town. Yeah, it, it's insane. So as a designer, am I ever going to use that straight verbatim? Probably not, but it's a vector file. Now I've got a base to start with, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to come through and do all the art for something that might not, it might be like a little thing in a background somewhere yeah. that it's not really necessary, but it, it adds a little bit more. It took you a minute. Yeah, it took me a minute to do rather Instead than of an hour to draw and it. And then, revising. and Yeah. So I, I think that AI has its place. I think that it's going to continue to evolve. And I think that creatives, if they aren't at least dabbling in it right now, they're missing out because it's going to keep evolving. And we've got to learn to work with it because yep. it's going to be the thing that that could either, I hate to say replace us, but it's going to give us new opportunities. Let's put for it that sure. way. I think it's going to give us new opportunities. Um, for me, I found that using it more frequently is giving me more opportunities to be creative. All right, so let's get into some pride and joy stuff. Sure. You've had a lot of really, really cool things that you've been a part of. You've spearheaded. You've collaborated on. You've been in the inner circle, the room that had the conversation about it. Um, You've been part of the execution of it as it relates to operational excellence and just getting the creative out. So there's all these things that you could hang your hat on. Congratulations. And we love you here at Club Colors, by the way, because (laughs) you bring – you kind of – there's there's a way about you that brings us to another level. We have to, like, you go, and then we were like, okay, well, we're going to catch you. Yeah. And then we kind of have this thing going, which has been really fun. Um, so I'm curious, tell us your favorite pride and joy moment with 
your experience, 14 years, I believe, at LKQ Corporation. Yeah. Three years now spearheading the creative uh, strategy at Pick Your Part. What's the pride and joy? It's hard. There's a lot of good All things. right. Well, you know. You know. It, sorry to ask you a difficult question that showcases your brilliance. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you, you could pick out an individual thing, you know, but there's a lot. Like, in my career at LKQ, I've done, like, amazingly cool uh, trade show type things where we brought, like, a product that nobody's ever seen that had very very huge use in popularity at one of the, so at SEMA, we brought this huge giant bag that everybody was wearing because it was 24 by 36 inches in, in scope. It had like a, this was, this was the people working the the show or to folks. You gave it away. You gave it away. Yeah. It had a poster holder and all this other crazy stuff. People were coming (laughs) to this booth because they could fit so much junk in the back. Oh yeah. Like, it was crazy. Like, that was cool. So it kind of revitalized our approach at, at a bigger show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done uh, internal production shows. I've designed videos that go on big 80-foot long, 20-foot tall walls. I produce the entire event inside there. Um, and just telling a story for the year about where we were, where we're going, like that, that's fun. I would say that if I had to pick something, though, it's not any one of those things. Those things are great. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, they're fun. I'm so thrilled about the stuff I'm doing right now uh, with uh, the customer experience at Pick Your Part and and trying to evolve it and bring that business to a level I I think that it it can really get to. But the most important thing that I've done in the entire time is just be able to work with such great people, mentor uh, folks, you know, inspire them to do bigger. Uh, I always, I always wanted to be a teacher, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that is one of the biggest things that I do. I, I believe a lot in myself. Uh, I expect a ton from myself, and I push myself to, to very high standards. Um, and I think because I do that for myself, and I engage with folks, they like to meet me there, kind of like what yeah, they're saying. Sure. Right, because they see that vision, I get excited about it. Like I, I'm not, I'm not glass half empty. I'm always glass half full, you know. And and uh, and I see, I see problems as opportunities. Sure. So if you if you threw me into the worst situation in the world, I'd be like, ooh, look at all I can do. Yeah, right? like I like that. This is a play box for me, right? So I think that the biggest the biggest accomplishment I've had is really working with those folks and, um, and helping them get to where they want to go and, and, and see a bigger vision and just stay positive. You know? How do you balance risk and fear <laughs> when trying to be ultra creative? Because, for instance, the giveaway you just explained. Yeah. Okay, I can imagine that when you said, hey, we're going to source this, <laughs> right? We're going to give this away. <laughs> There was some folks that were like, hmm, I'm not so sure. Yeah. And know. then you had to stand behind that and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I know it's creative. I know it's outside the box. Trust me. It's going to it's going to hit. And then maybe even in your own head, you're like, am, am, I, go, am I taking the right shot here on standing behind this level of creativity? So how do you balance that? Like, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to be super creative. But also understand that you have to protect the brand identity. You have to protect reactions. You have to protect response. That could have fell flat. It could have. It could have. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't. No, I, I think there's. So a, what's the process leading up to that? 
so I, I do, I take a lot of calculated risks. Um, again, I don't ever do anything without the data or the experience behind it. So in that bag scenario, as an example, I walked that show. And if anybody's gone to SEMA, it is the entire Las Vegas Convention Center Plus. Which some. is huge. It's massive. Yeah. And, uh, and you're walking that show and you're getting handouts from every single booth. And as a marketing guy, I want to gather it all so I can understand more. And my hands were killing me after three days of this thing because I'm carrying so many dang bags of stuff and then walk back to my hotel room or go back. Yeah. There. Like it's, it's crazy. So, um, my experience there was, I just need a bigger bag, right? That that's what I need. I need a bigger bag. So mm-hmm. then it just became, Hey, I got this idea. Here's a sketch of it. What do you think? And I've been fortunate enough in my career, uh, at LKQ to have great leaders that believed in my crazy and the crazy wouldn't have worked though if you didn't identify the problem first yeah and it was a real problem that was real to you because the other option is not walking less of the show what am i sending you the show for right you need to see everything at the show so you took a practical problem and then you went to those folks and said let's get crazy yeah let's get crazy and even then it doesn't necessarily work the first time i introduced that bag the CEO showed up to the booth and saw these giant things and then questioned it. And yeah. I got a call when he was leaving apologizing for uh, for calling me out on it because he said, I see these bags everywhere. It's like a walking billboard for us. Well, that's awfully big of them to do that as right. well. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. And uh, and I think that that's a, that's a big a big deal, right? Like when you take – when you talk about – the line of safe and crazy. It's a tightrope walk yeah. you're making. And I think if you're in the marketing side and you're too safe, you're not really doing marketing. My dad used to say to me all the time that there is a very subtle difference between being in a rut and being in a groove. Right. And that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. There's that, there's a tightrope. Yes. That, so you need all that data to understand what the ultimate problem is and how do you speak to that to create that that overwhelming reaction. So what was the response? The CEO responded well. Yeah. What was the reaction from the the folks walking the show? They were gone. They were gone in an hour. They were done. I mean these things these things we couldn't we couldn't hold on to them. Yeah. You know, I, I think the second year we brought like 10,000 bags and they were And all- your logo is all over that. All over it. Being seen all throughout the show. Yep. At every booth. And the people who are putting stuff into their their pockets, this thing that they're wearing, right, are having to see your logo as they put their logo thing in there that yeah. is not getting the same reaction. The sponsored bag of the show went inside our bag. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and again, it's that's just one concept, right? But there's so many things. I think uh, we've done we've done crazy gnome projects. Like mm-hmm. everybody's like, why? What's with the gnome, yeah. Adam? What, why do you want a gnome? I walked into my design team one time and I said, listen, this is a really important meeting. I was gone for like a week and a half traveling. And I told them all in an email, I need you ready for a meeting by nine o'clock around the big table. We're going to sit down. And uh, they were all worried. They were going to get their butt chewed. And I came in, I said, I'm not joking when I say by the end of today, I need a gnome and he's got to have his foot up on a box and he has to look tough and he has to be the coolest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Get to it, right? And so 
they're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. he's shutting down marketing. So people are Googling gnome. gnome. What is yeah, a gnome? What is a gnome? <laughs> and so they Spelling it wrong. Right. I'm certain. Right. So they, they create this, this sketch, and, and uh, I'm like, well, I think it looks great. Let's see if we can get it in production. And we get it in production. And the whole concept behind the gnome was I needed a cool element for a promotion we were going to run internally to help boost sales and um, and I wanted there to be a fun prize. Something for him. people to rally around, right? Yeah, and we named him How We Sell More. So, I mean... How We Sell More. How We Sell More. And again, the How We Sell More name didn't come from me. It came from uh, one of the original folks that, um, that was one of the original locations LKQ acquired who always had this joke about... His uncle Howie Selmore, and yeah. like so, it was my nod to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say That's like, nice. giving giving something back to one of the original locations, you know, and and um and for the folks at that location, they got oh it. They, they got it. it, they got it big time. And by yeah. the way, their productivity jumped. Yeah, tradition is a really cool thing. Yeah, and when you can take a tradition and make it a, a something that people really rally around, and it drives productivity, and it creates that energy and that momentum within the brand that's difficult to do when you have so many locations and so many people and they're throughout, throughout not only regions, but throughout the world, that is a very difficult thing to do. It is. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, especially with a global company, there's, there's issues that could happen globally. We see some of them today and we've got employees that get affected by that, you know, and, and it's, it's a, it is a tough tough road sometimes right um but i think any brand uh, any it, you're gonna have stories whether they're external to consumers they're internal to your folks um and i think that uh just being able to get to the heart of those stories and be passionate about that uh is is really critical um you know it, I, I always imagine if there ever came a day where i'm no longer at lkq and i'm at a different company how would i approach that because i've spent so much time at lkq mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. You get to the heart of who that company is, you know, what, what their culture is. You, you start to feel it as you are an external person. And then you bring that experience into it to try to elevate it, to take it Absolutely. to the next level. You yeah. Know? You don't always need to rebuild it. Sometimes it's just sprinkling a little powdered sugar on top of that thing, right? Just sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes you do need to rebuild. I mean, like, and you did right rebuild. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a thing here. So, Pick your part, rebrand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, it's overhauling. How is it being? How well is it being received? Because that you changed, you changed <laughs> everything. I mean, you changed the logos, the font, the color scheme. You changed the the feel completely. For me, yeah, I really like. You know what? It, for me, it feels vintage like awesome NASCAR kind of a feel to the logo. Yeah. Like those colors that those colors, I, that's the feel I kind of get. What was the thought behind it? How are you trying to, how are you trying to speak to your marketplace through the aesthetics, um, through the design? It, what yeah. were you trying to say? Who were you, whose attention were you trying to grab? Well, it was a big change. Yeah. The logo itself actually has a ton of meaning, right? And, um, it, it is, it is very speed driven. Uh-huh. The idea for that is that we're trying, we're working right now to speed the process along. Efficiency. To get you through in and out faster. Yeah. Efficiency, all that fun stuff. 
Um, but it, you know, when you look at the logo, we condensed it. So PYP is the big letters there to pick your part. Pick your part was a brand that LKQ acquired that, uh, was out in California. They had a lot of Southern California locations, uh, and they have been around since the 1960s, 70s. Um, so the California market knows it as pick your part, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the rest of the country, uh, for a period of time was just LKQ self-service. And then they became LKQ pick your part. And so it, it are you feeling consumers time. and internal staff starting to call it PYP? Yeah, actually, there I'm, you uh, go. Yeah, calls they're starting to call it PYP. I went and uh, secured the domain PYP.com. So now you just type in PYP.com, bunch of letters. That goes back to efficiency. PYP is a lot faster to say than pick your part. It is, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. We'll time it. And then you look at the, there's three stripes in there, three different colors. Mm -hmm. Those represent the three separate sections of our business. Because the the self-service salvage yard business is really made up of three parts. We buy cars. We we set cars for for consumers to sell, to buy product. And then we, at the end of the day, recycle those products. I want to touch on something real quick, and then we'll go. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to sell your car, (laughs) go down to a PYP and talk to them first. Yeah, or or you can go to uh, PYPBuysCars.com. Boom. Boom. You get an instant quote. Easy. Instant quote. Instant quote. Simple process. Simple. Easy. Let's go. Good good money. Easy. Efficient. Fast. Simple. Into the future. Right. And by the way, probably not like a haggling process, right? I mean, like, I would imagine there's a little bit of like, well, you can't bring a $5,000 car to them and ask for 10. Nah, these okay. are going to be older cars for sure. But they, I think what, what we look at in those is we're looking for what uh, what you've brought to us. Is it, it is it accurately being quoted? Mm-hmm. So when you go online, you put in your information, uh, it's going to trigger one of our sales folks to reach out and make confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, they're just validating things like the VIN number. Uh, they're validating uh, whether it's got the the appropriate parts on it that you've kind of indicated. Um, and they're, they're going to really make sure that that quote is accurate for you. Uh, but most likely, you know, it's not going to be a uh, a newer vehicle you're trying to yeah, sell. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got it's going to be something that's been sitting in your driveway. It has for a some while. parts in it that probably are going to be of value to a lot of people. Yeah, it, it's it's really the end of life cycle, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, we can, we see parts uh, that people buy at the counter that came from our parent company LKQ. And because they got like the platinum plus yeah. identifier on there, and like, whoa, that that started with us. Yeah, yeah, it that's made it cool. here, yeah. and now it's going for a new life, right? So it's it's kind of a cool story to tell, even just the. It's journey a really apart. cool level of sustainability to that story right there too. It's staying in use. That's really really cool. Yeah, we do. We're doing. Uh, you know, LKQ is really prideful on our recycling um, in. And the self-service business of ours is like the biggest component of some yeah. of that recycling because once the vehicle is pulled, all the parts are pulled, what do you do with it? We, yeah. we scrap it down. So we try to make sure that all the appropriate pieces get siphoned off into different buckets and nothing ends up where it shouldn't. And, you know, so we go through a very extensive recycling process for it um, to make sure we're doing our part for the yeah. environment. And, um, and I think when you sell a vehicle to, to – pick your part or, or any company like, like us, uh, you're in for the same story. Right. I, but the biggest thing is 
there's not a lot of mom and pop shops that take the same level of care that we do because they just don't have that infrastructure at their locations that we we have to have. So, so I've been speaking with you now for close to an hour and I've listened to every word that you said. And I saved this question because after one question, I thought to myself, I have to ask him this question. (laughs) So I have saved it for the end of the show. This is going to be clip worthy. This is going to be a brilliant answer. I'm sure that you are familiar with Seth Godin. Okay. Yes. No, the more kind of the marketing. So, um, I like a lot of kind of the perspective, but I've seen him often ask this question. Can you describe in your own mind, in your expertise, and your knowledge, the difference between branding and marketing? Mm, that's a really good question. Uh, so branding is, is telling a story through the, uh, the visuals, the, the elements, the the uh, tagline, it's, it's all the components that make up the, the visual, what consumers see, I believe. You know, the branding element of things is, you know, pushing a, a mug that has a design on it and saying this is, uh, this, is, this is the mug, right, the Stanley. I think the marketing behind the Stanley is different, though. The marketing is... Look at all the uses this has. Mm-hmm. Look at the demographic it's used for. Look at look at how we uh, you know how we can use it in so many different ways. Like that, the marketing goes beyond that. The marketing is trying to get to the soul of the individual to say this is something that you need or you want or you know you you, uh, you relate to. Because I think people buy product that they can relate with like this, like I'm going to, I'm going to go to Walmart because I can relate with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I'm going to go to Disney because they, I relate to, to that element of the theme park business or whatever. Right. But I, I think that the brand is different. The brand is, you know, the, the visual elements that really establish the, the feel of it, the look of it, the, the keywords that kind of drive it, you know, that the marketing element is try to take those keywords and put it into a language that somebody understands, mm-hmm. you know, cause one of the, the tagline we're using right now, pick your part is your first stop for auto parts. Well, that's the branding. The branding mm-hmm. is saying the first part or first stop for auto parts, but the, uh, the marketing to that, what does that mean? Uh, well, we, we want you to think of us first mm-hmm. before you go anywhere else. Think of us first because you could save a ton of money. I come in to pick your part first, and um, and you you may not have even thought of it. So we're not a part store. Come on in, see what you can find. If you can't find it, we'll we'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, you know. And so the marketing is different to those two pieces because it's just I don't know. They they have to go hand in hand though. Yeah, the the marketing. What I'm hearing you say, and I fully agree with the marketing is. It's like the invitation. It's the call to action. Yeah. It's the, it's the, you have this problem. Hey, by the way, we solved this problem. Yeah. The branding is, so it's like the invitation to the party. Come to the party. Right. Right. The branding is once you're at the party, like, ooh. Yeah. This party's pretty cool. I like this party. Ooh. What's, what's really strange to me is like, so I started my career as a, as a designer. I never, I never thought I'd get into marketing. I was was going to be just like a, a creative yeah. designing, doing video work, doing you know. Were you wearing one of those a, like French side hats with yeah, no, the art 
No, oh, like the art hat. Like it was a, it was a fedora. A fedora, nice. Yeah, I was running away from boulders. <laughs> <laughs> I, at one point, I actually have a picture somewhere of, of very first office I was in, and I have a stack of hats on because I wear so many hats. Yeah, it just you know it just it, it's kind of fitting. But anyway, I, I never thought I'd be a marketer. Um, and somehow, some way I kind of just got thrown into it. And, and again, great mentorship, great leadership. What, what drew you into marketing? Uh, again, we had a small team. And so the questions kept coming up, like, oh, who wants to take on this or who wants to take on that? And I just kept raising my hand, raising my hand. <laughs> I, I want to do that. That sounds fun. Right? Glass half full. Yeah. The first then, 10 times you raised your hand, it. you went and got coffee. The next time you went and got bagels. And then eventually, by the tenth, eleventh time, it was you were in marketing. Yeah, I mean, it, it still happens today. Like people put me on projects, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's, you know, and, and again, I, I I'll take on anything. I'll, I think I'll try yeah. anything at least one time, um, and stay positive through that. Well, the problem it's a gives, learning. The problem gives you a chance to be creative, right? And you know, I but I love learning. So I think just giving getting an opportunity to learn something new. Uh, is is awesome, and I think that again it goes back to learning my customers, understanding them. Uh, but as as a designer at heart, um, I can design brands all day long. Mm-hmm. But as I'm designing now, because I have that marketing end, like I'm designing with the marketing in mind. Yeah. So I, I'm able to to kind of tackle both at the same time, uh, which helps when I get to the end goal, because I already know, okay, I built the brand over here towards the marketing effort of this is what it could be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just take that marketing effort and apply it with, with the brand. So it all kind of comes like kind of like hook, hook it in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of the, the design work I do, it's very thoughtful. Um, again, I've taken a lot of the information I've learned at the location or at it, from customers, or whatever the case may be. And then I, I try to figure out how do I tackle that problem? Then the marketing guy comes out and says, well, these, these are some of the things I want to do. Okay. Go ahead and build that brand around mm-hmm. that. Okay. Got it done. Okay. You know, so I, I think they run in line. Through, they have to, they run, they have to run in line. They have to. And then once that clicks, then that has to run in line with what the sales team is, is messaging, talking about and, um, you know, presenting. Yeah, I think sales sales is another critical component to uh, marketing, right? Um, for a business like LKQ, my objective is to fill potholes. I'm kind of the guy out there with the orange vest and the hard hat on that bumpy street with all the potholes, and I'm just filling them all day long. So sales, if sales are down in a certain area, okay, what can marketing do to go and fill that pothole right there? Like if, if you need to move more you know, more Nike polos than, than Adidas polos, then, okay, how can we move more market, more Nike? And let me figure out, you know, a strategy for you there. And then to tell that story, help you. Right. And and that's, that's where I think marketing and sales kind of tie together. There's businesses that are really led by marketing Mm -hmm. and, and then others that are just led by sales. You know, I I think Coca-Cola, is a marketing company. 1000%. Yeah. They are not, it, it's not sales driven. Sales mm-hmm. is kind of turnkey for them. Um, it's the marketing. The marketing is going to make it or break it. In fact, it's interesting. Their little uh, freestyle machines, they, they are capturing so much data 
that is why the the new flavors come to the shelf mm-hmm. with all the different like options because as you put coke mixed with this into your freestyle cup it's, it's sending data back yeah. to coca-cola so they're measuring all that demographic all oh. that information you know they are yeah and they're like okay now a lot yeah. of people really like this let's put it yeah. in cans yeah new from coca-cola the tutti frutti right that's because <laughs> right. like put an orange crush in there and like a purple drink and whatever you mix yeah. it all together and if thousands of people do that they'll they'll put a new product out soon <laughs> right exactly and why wouldn't you? Yeah, right? why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You've got you've got the information, like, and that's what the consumer says they want. Give it to them. So I want to ask you one final question, and we're going to wrap up the show. It's been absolutely brilliant speaking with you today, and I always enjoy speaking with you because you are exactly what you say you are, right? In many different ways, and one of those is a brand storyteller, right? So you love telling stories. So it it, it did not feel like we were on for an extended period of time because we we're just going through telling stories. But I always like to end the show with kind of asking. Um, what inspiration or what knowledge transfer could you provide to folks that are getting into a similar field that are getting into, um, you know, our creatives that want to advance their career into a strategic marketing role or that are in marketing and want to advance to a holistic brand management type of a role. What advice would you give to, uh, folks that are trying to advance their career in a similar way that you have? Yeah, I think it's take the risks. Uh, I think it's uh, do things on on your own. Um, in the back end, nobody knows. Again, this is the Disney side of me coming out, right, where I like to provide the magic, I call it. Mm-hmm. So I'll do things behind the scenes that nobody knows I'm working on, and then I bring it out and I show you. <laughs> and it inspires thought it it inspires conversation it might not be right right out of the gate but you know if i if i only if i only tell you hey i've got this idea and this is where i want my career to go and this is what i think i can provide and it's only conversation yeah i can't sometimes they can't can't see see it touch it feel it yeah so I would say, you know, take that initiative and, and develop it. Start and doing the job before you get the job. It. Yeah. yeah. Because you're going to work out your own little kinks and you're going to you're going to fine tune. And then once you actually present that or you show that skill, um, it, it just starts a whole nother conversation. Right. Um, and uh, I would I would really uh, say the biggest thing to any anybody, you know, working on growing their career you're going to have hard times here and there. Like, you know, my, my career at LKQ has not been without its own bumps and turns and twists and mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, and, and they're all learning experiences uh, in one way or another. It's made me a better leader. It's made me a better, uh, a better person in general. Uh, it's made me a lot more creative in the way I approach things. Uh, so I would say, even if the things that you're working towards aren't coming right away, just try to find those opportunities to that branch out, stay positive, you know, keep, keep your, your close group of, of mentors and, and friends and, and folks that really boost you up close, you know, make sure that they know where your visions are, mm-hmm. because if you don't say them out loud, they're not going to come true, right? I, yeah. I really believe. Throw it out in the universe, yeah. Yeah, believe in yourself and really, really tell yourself what you want to do. You know, be honest and and don't be afraid to share that because it's not, it's not, it's not a silly idea at all. 
There's yeah. nothing wrong with learning. We should all want to learn and continuously learn. But I think what I just heard you say was you're going to advance a lot faster in your life and your career by doing. By doing. Do. Do the work. Do. Fail. Yeah. And then learn again and then do it again. But do. Keep taking shots. Keep yeah. taking shots. There's, gonna, there's plenty of times where I've, I've just fell flat on my face. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know what? Because I did it behind the scenes. It only hurt me. Yeah, it only hurt in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, it only hurt me. <laughs> yeah, so, not in a boardroom. Yeah, you, you're good there. Uh, but it also helps you understand. You know, yeah, designers will understand this completely. You've been working for five, six, seven, eight hours on something. You forgot to save, and your computer crashed. Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Right. So that, that right there. But you also know the second time around, it's faster. It's, it's better. probably better. It's so much better because uh, while you're going through that process the first time, you were getting hung up on this and that. Man, I really wish this would have been better. But now you have the opportunity to fix it. So, yeah, it. I would say do the work. You know, really, really be vocal about your goals and ambitions. I absolutely love it, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I want to remind you, sir, you've been in the club. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us in the club, powered by Club Colors. If you are an aficionado of repairing vehicles, or you're looking to rebuild that vintage, or you own a body shop, or you're part of a repair shop, or you're anywhere involved in the automotive field, my gosh, I hope that you enjoyed this this episode, and I certainly hope that you are going to take a look at LKQ Corporation and pick your part if you don't already know who they are, which I'm sure that you do. Also, check out Club Colors where you're all in one one stop shop right from concept to doorstep anything in between thank you so much for joining us today be well cheers in the club is powered by club colors club colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success from concept to doorstep Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com.